Clevenger. Yeah, thank you, Mayor. Um, uh, go over the agenda real quick. We've got to uh, uh, ask uh, Lori Krauss, the um, Communications Director, to do a quick pop-up on the um, City Beach historical mo uh, marker that we're going to unveil on the 7th of June. And it's as well, you all know all about it, but it's as much for the public as it is for you all. And then we say third time's a charm. June Whitehurst, who's our um, environmental program engineer, uh, our manager, is going to talk a little bit about um, water quality. We've talked a lot about water quality and dealing with flooding and all those sorts of things. But equally important is, is water quality. And we're doing some really interesting things and want you all to know uh, what that's all about. Uh, James Mickle is going to come up, and, and we, we do a lot of programs, summer youth programs, uh, uh, order of magnitude, uh, 14, 1,500 kids that, that go through these programs, and so I want him to step up and tell you a little bit about that, and uh, hopefully we'll have time for him to finish that, and then um, a, a piece on complete streets with uh, Lenny Newcomb and, and Paul Forehand. But with that, I'd ask Lori to just jump up and let everybody know what's happening on June 7th. Good evening, Mayor, members of Council. We are um, have a wonderful event planned for June 7th at 4 o'clock. It is the unveiling of the City Beach Historical Marker in East Ocean View. Um, we've been working, I've been working with Alan Bull and um, some residents, uh, NRHA staff. They have, uh, NRHA has done an amazing job uh, with this marker. The, the uh, stand's actually already in place. We'll um, try and get this installed if the rain cooperates in time for the ceremony. But it's a beautiful piece um, with a map and some photos. Um, and an opening flyer and some history there. And uh, it's been a really great ceremony. We've gotten some wonderful input from some of the residents of some of the things that they'd like to see. So it should be a very special event. Uh, June 7th at 4, we've extended the invitation to all of our city, city, civic leagues across the city, all of our boards and commission members as well. Lori, thank you. And I just wanted to say, unfortunately, I can't attend it. Um, and when the date was given, I yeah. said I couldn't make it, and I'm the one who pushed for this. Um, I have a eighth grade promotion that night for my school, and that date was set six months ago, so before it was done. But um, I will be there in spirit, and uh, disappointed I can't be there, but I appreciate the city doing it. Thank you, Lori. I won't, can't be here. It conflicts. But I fully support it. Thank you. Lori, thank you. Um, June! It's gonna happen. <laughs> So again, June's going to talk to you about what I think are really some interesting projects. You've seen this presentation in your packet two or three different times. Good evening, Mr. Mayor, members of council. Thank you for inviting me back here to talk about the water quality projects that we're doing through our stormwater program. As um, city manager said, we talk a lot about flooding and what we can do for water quantity. But um, my team and I, we focus a lot on the water quality and the um, making sure that we're compliant with our regulatory requirements with regard to environmental management. Um, before I get started, though, I'd like to introduce the team that put together these projects. Um, Justin Schaefer, who is here with us. Many of you know Justin. Um, he does a, a lot of our planning for us with regard to our water quality projects. We also have C.W. Gaskill, who is one of our stormwater engineers who oversees the design of the projects, and then Ryan Hudgens, who is our um, construction inspector. And as you can see there, they are um, they're an award-winning team here through the Elizabeth River Project. They received the award for one of the projects we're going to talk about tonight, this past year. Um, so why are we here? We're here to talk about the Chesapeake Bay and the water quality um, improvement that we've been trying to do over the last 20-plus um, years to try to save this national treasure of ours. Um, due to the human pressures that we've been putting on the water quality in this area, we've, we've negatively impacted the Chesapeake Bay and in an effort to restore the grasses that we have there along with the... Um, the, the animals and uh, making sure that 
we can fish and swim in this area. We want to improve the water quality. Um, and we've been making um, strides towards improving this for years, but in December of 2010, the Environmental Protection Agency um, did develop what we call the Chesapeake Bay Total Maximum Daily Load. I'm sure a lot of you have heard us talk about this over the years. We refer to it as the TMDL. Um, virtually what it is is a pollution diet. Um, why this is important to my team and I and to the city of Norfolk is um, for many reasons, not just water quality, but from a regulatory standpoint as well. Um, some of you may or may not be aware, but we do um, have a municipal separate storm sewer system permit that is issued to us by the state, which um, sets up our regulatory mandates that we're required to do. Um, it helped us establish our stormwater utility um, back in the 90s. Um, here's a list of all the things that we're required to do in our permit, including water quality monitoring, and of course, address the Chesapeake Bay TMDL as well as the Elizabeth River TMDL. Again, the TMDL is the pollution diet. Virtually, it is a set number of the pollutants that we are allowed to discharge through our stormwater system and still sustain water quality. Um, a couple years ago, back in around 2012, we established an estimate of what this was going to cost the city. We were estimating it at the time about $200 million for us to address the water quality requirements under law that we were required to address just for the city of Norfolk. And this was supposed to be set in place before 2025. In anticipation of this load reduction requirement, Justin Schaefer um, started looking ahead um, at ways that we could fund this. We knew that there was no way our residents could um, spend $200 million doing water quality when we knew we had such a major flooding problem. So he started applying for grants and looking for ways that we could do dual benefits between our water quality and our flooding reduction. Um, as you can see here, since 2014, um, Justin was able to um, get us over $7 million in grants um, between the state stormwater local assistance fund, which we refer to as SLAF, and the NIFWIF Sandy grant um, that we received um, a few years ago. Um, the city match for the stormwater local assistance um, was around a little over a million, um, and he was able to actually secure us the revolving loan, which um, again was through the state, which got a 0% interest on our capital project for our water quality projects. Through these grants, we were able to design and either construct or begin construction on over 22 water quality projects um, in the city, and this is far more than any other municipality in the Hampton Roads area. Um, these projects were able to reduce our pollutant load by 23% or thereabouts for the three um, pollutants of concern, which is nitrogen, phosphorus, and sediment. Um, at this point in time with our permit, we're only required to reduce it by 5%. So with the grant funding alone, we were able to get, get us 23% of the way to our end goal. Yes, ma'am. So you said 5% and then 23% and then, okay, so are we, how, tell, so are we had to get to 28% and we're at 23% reduction? What so we're required that? to do 5% of our load reduction with it from 2016 until 2021. 5% of the total load reductions. And then the next permit cycle, they're, they're doing it by permit cycle. So we have three permit cycles to get to the 100%, and each permit cycle is five years. So it actually does get us to 2031 over those uh, three permit cycles. So 5%, where are we in achieving that 5%? Are you saying we're, we're, we're beyond that. So we're, that's that we've had to get to five, and we're at 23. 23 with just these retrofit projects. That right. doesn't include all the other programs that we're doing. We're actually right now at about 40% um, of our load reduction requirements total 
so far to date. And that's without SWIFT or any of the other programs. Um, that's going to help us get to that end goal. So we are on track, obviously, to get to that end goal between those programs. But this was all due to the proactive work that Justin Schaefer has done over the years. He's phenomenal. Um, so we're going to be talking a lot about, um, I'm just going to go through, <laughs> I'm going to go through these projects. Um, it's just a handful of the 22. Certainly, I don't have time to go over all 22. But these are some of the ones we wanted to make sure that we hit every type of project and every ward and super ward so you all could see what we were doing. Um, this is our juvenile detention center. This was the award-winning project that we, that we got through the Elizabeth River project. Um, this particular project, um, as you'll see with every project, we try to do co-benefits. So with this particular project, we saw that there was um, some area for improvement on an existing stormwater dry pond. And what we did was we also had some pretty intensive maintenance on our infrastructure out there. We had a lot of, we had a pipe underground with a bunch of um, caves in it, some holes, and um, it was causing some flooding problems in the Lake Taylor neighborhood. So what they did was they designed the project. Um, as you can see, I, guess is, I don't know which one's the pointer. The one on the far right, that's what it looked like previously. The one on the top left is the um, under construction, and then the bottom is kind of what it looks like today. Virtually what we did was we took the, the dry pond and the, the failing pipe, and we opened it up, daylighted it, and creating the, created this beautiful amenity right in front of the juvenile detention center out off a of military highway. The second project is our Lake Taylor Pond Retrofit. We have not started construction on this one yet. This is by far our biggest project. As you can see, this is the most cost effective if you look at the um, pounds of phosphorus, it's 3,000. I don't know if you recall on one of the last slides, but um, what we've been trying to do is get it below 50,000 um, pounds for phosphorus, or $50,000 per pound. This one is only $3,000, so this is by far our largest project. The really great feature about this one was we had a lot of um, maintenance problems. This used to be an old drinking reservoir that utilities seem to get a lot of complaints from citizens about, about the banks eroding. eroding. Um, it needed to be dredged. It had a lot of trash and litter in it. So what we did was we took it and we redesigned it. Um, we put some four bays in to help us with long-term maintenance of this particular project. And we're putting in some, um, some cells to, to help with the settling of the sediment out. And then we're also putting in um, some wetlands plants along the, um, the banks to help with erosion. The next project is our Parkdale Stream Restoration Project. This is out in the suburban Acres um, neighborhood. This was um, an old channel that, um, it was virtually two channels that was causing a lot of erosion problems, particularly on a number of the private properties that were right along that, including a daycare center. And so what they did with this one was they converted it from the channel on the, you can see on the right, the two channels, to on the left, it went to one channel. This is, um, the picture on the right is what it looked like previously. The one on the left is what it would look like somewhat today. It, it, this project is completed. However, it is being turned back to virtually a forested area along this area. But it's doing beautifully. Um, we've corrected the erosion problem, so we've gotten nothing but praise from the residents who this um, impacted. The Hermitage um, Living Shoreline, this is actually three projects that I more or less combined into one on this slide. Um, this was a way of us getting some partnership with the Hermitage, some education and outreach, um, in addition to um, stopping some erosion from along these shorelines. We partnered with the CBF folks to um, do an oyster reef here, as well as um, working on the, I think it's on the east side right now, where we're actually currently working, and then we'll be moving to the west side in the near future. 
Um, this is a picture of the folks, um, the Chesapeake Bay folks, putting the oyster reefs in. That, that project is completed. Villa Circle is one that everybody probably sees on a regular basis when you're driving over the 26th Street Bridge right there where from Llewellyn to 26th Street. Um, if you're going over the bridge, this is, this is a really wonderful project. We're nearing completion on this one. Um, this one actually was very important because we actually had so much erosion that it was actually starting to damage the street of Villa Circle Road. So in order to protect that infrastructure, um, this one was uh, one of our highest priority living shoreline projects to get done. And like I said, we're near completion on this one. And top right is what it looked like before. You can see that area right there where it was getting really close to the road. Um, bottom left, it's a little further along than this picture is now. They're, like I said, they're nearing completion on this one, um, but it's going to be a beautiful amenity to the neighborhood once it's done. Um, Jeff Robertson constructed stormwater wetland. Um, again, this is another project where we had a lot of um, complaints from the residents who lived there. We had some flooding problems, and we, we saw the, the ability to do some water quality improvement here. We took an old wet pond that was just an eyesore for the park and um, mosquito breeding, and we virtually constructed this beautiful um, wetland area in this park, as well as worked very closely with the neighbors um, to prevent any further erosion from occurring. Um, picture on the up, upper left, uh, upper right um, was what it looked like before. Bottom left is what it looks like now. Um, Dune Street constructed wetlands. This was a project where we just had a small ditch with a lot of erosion going on, and we saw a great opportunity here where we could um, make, the, make the area look a little prettier and possibly do some education and outreach here. Um, upper right is what it looked like before. Bottom left um, is what it looks like now. Um, and we are finalizing some erosion. They are still under construction. We had a few problems out there with regard to some of this massive rain events we had where this dirt wasn't stabilized completely, um, and so we are making those repairs now. This is a list of all 22 projects, so if you would like to see which projects fall within your ward or your super ward um, and the status of where we currently are with all of them, um, this, like I said, this is the complete list here so far of the 22, and of course we're still looking forward to moving, moving with um, future projects. Um, the path forward obviously is resiliency, not just from a flooding standpoint, but from a water quality standpoint. And whenever we're looking at these projects, both on the flooding stamp side and as on the water quality side, we're constantly looking at co-benefits and where we can get the biggest bang for our buck. Um, we want economic opportunities. We want to make sure that there's beautification for the community, shoreline protection, flood reduction, major infrastructure improvements. Almost every single one of these projects I talked about would have cost us hundreds of thousands of dollars in maintenance, and we were able to offset all those expenses with grant funding and get some water quality improvement. And then, of course, um, last but not least is our regulatory compliance. We're required by law to address the water quality, and this is the most cost-effective means in, in addition to helping our community. Does anybody have any questions? Yes, ma'am. Um, I know we're past three, things, three things real quickly. Um, number one is I was, I was pleased to see on the Norfolk.gov website on the front page there's a call for input on our TMDL reduction plan yes, uh, through May 28th. So yes, I put that on my Facebook page too, but just for folks who are interested in this and watching. There's actually two action plans out there. There's one for the Chesapeake Bay, which outlines all, all of these projects as well as some of the other things that have already been done and things we're doing moving forward. And then there's also the bacteria um, TMDL action plan for the Elizabeth River. And um, 
one of the things I've heard, sometimes residents see this work going on, but they're not really sure what's happening. And so um, ultimately, it's a very a good plan mm -hmm. with a lot of benefits, but there seems to be, we could maybe communicate better during the process what's happening. I don't know if we have a dashboard of some sort. Yes, um, we're actually working on that right now. We. Um, we're working on getting, we have a, like a flooding page that goes over all the flooding projects that we're doing and we're adding the water quality page. We had more or less this PowerPoint up, but okay. it's, you gotta kind of dig in the website to find it. Um, but we are, we're gonna add a water quality page where you can, it'll be a list of all the projects and you can just click on the, on the project and it'll pull it up. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Martin and Mr. Ritty. Just to jump on that, I, I agree. There were a couple of civic leagues who had these projects going on in their backyard that they didn't even know what they were. So if we could just set up something, or at least we reach out to the civic league and say, hey, this project's coming up. This is what it is. Yes, sir. We, we do try to do that through the design process. And, of course, prior to construction, I think maybe there's just a disconnect. You know, we reached out to the civic leagues prior to them happening. Um, Sometimes there's a couple months or yes or more yeah I mean yeah. these these projects we started designing these projects back in 2014 um, where we got the grant funding so people changed we had instances where an individual you know doesn't live there anymore a new individual came in place um, so we, we keep trying to push the communication piece and certainly um, lessons learned we're definitely going to do a lot more moving forward okay. Mr. Do plastic bags have an impact on our waterways? Yes, sir, they sure do. And then do we have the ability to go to the uh, uh, General Assembly and, uh, and outlaw plastic bags like Dr. Wibby outlaw smoking? You know? I was going to say, well, I've tried for plastic bags for how many years yes, until yeah. they Grocery laughed at me. too big. Yeah. But there are states that do that. The exit is now rescinded theirs. Well, there are states. D.C., though, has a plastic bag. You oh, have to pay for it. So there's some that will. Tommy didn't make me. Uh, the Dune um, Street project is absolutely beautiful, and um, I've been by there and took a look at it. Um, disgruntled people that grew up around there because it was like their own little park mm -hmm. for years, mm -hmm. but it really was needed. Um, there was concern um, that was just brought recently about the steepness of the embankment and that kids trains rolling down into it and possibly drowning. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, and you can see it in the picture, it's a pretty steep. Uh, we're very close to the road. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to make sure that we've got some safety measures in place. I told them there'd be grass and stuff planted sure. around that that would fill in. Um, and it's not the only place, you know, in Norfolk that has this. So yeah, we can, I will definitely bring that up with, with our project engineer. Um, I actually, Justin, I went out there yesterday. I went around to check out all the projects before I came today. And um, I actually made the same comment to him with regard to how steep the banks were and, and whether or not we could actually do something to correct that. Um, so they're they're looking at it now. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Hey, Mamie I just want to say um, for getting the communications out into um, the communities, Justin is really good um, with going to the civic leagues, um, and I gave him a list, and so he hangs out with me at the, the civic <laughs> leagues. Um, I think uh, with the Villa Heights project. Um, I, I can't remember, Justin, whether or not you had me in a truck or a van, but we all loaded up so um, I could actually show Justin what the Villa Heights project uh, looked like. And it's very interesting to see the before and after 
pictures, it is amazing. So just drive over the it little bridge and, and see that now the, the residents can see the water along <laughs> with, um, you know, doing something with the street and the, the living shoreline. And Villa Heights backs up right to the, the zoo. Mm -hmm. um, so we took a little field trip um, there. So, but thank you, Justin, for getting in trucks and vans with me and taking a drive-by. I did a uh, cleanup there one time for uh, yeah, Keep your American. children. And, and your, your uh, the stuff children. that we pulled out of there was amazing. Plastic bags, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just very quickly, this is tubs. great work. This is very exciting. We're glad you finally got here. Um, <laughs> to update us on the um, Adopt the Dream. Adopt a drain. Yeah, that is actually being handled by the resiliency um, office, and I believe they did. Um, they kicked off their pilot program, and they are working with the pilot program. And um, we actually are working with the Keaton Norfolk Beautiful Group as well as the resiliency group to try to expand that to other adopt a spot program. So, because right. we already had the adopt a spot program, and now we're looking at you know the resiliency office is doing the adopt a drain. And I just hope that we're all talking to each other because obviously all this overlaps and um, any way we can work toward expanding. I know you had mentioned it was a little disappointing the response that we had. Like we're, we're in Fairmont Park. In I would say the last Park. number Christine gave me was 23 drains or something like that have been yeah. adopted. So it's fairly modest, not a success so far. But I think we're learning a lot about the process. Right. So with this communication outreach, mm -hmm. I'm hopeful that we can expand on that with both departments. Yes, ma'am. We are actually, um, particularly for the shoreline projects and, and a lot of these ponds, um, we will be establishing buffers, you know, with these with these projects. That's the intent to ensure that the erosion doesn't occur both in the stormwater ponds as well as the living shorelines. And with that, we will be putting signs up, or at least that's our plan, to educate the public as well as educating the maintenance folks not to come in and cut down that area to ensure that it, it's... It, stays where it's being, you know, where we're putting it. We're spending a lot of um, grant money here to make this happen. We want to make sure it stays in place, so. Good job. Okay. Okay. All right. Andrew, you get a short? Okay. Andrew, What's the total number of drains in Fairmont Park? You said they had 20 yeah, to be adopted. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. get you a little write-up for the Friday packet, yeah, that'll tell yeah. you kind of where all that whole thing stands. Okay. Um, all right, so, Mr. Mayor, uh, you know, several months ago, Chief Deputy Bender came to me and said, man, folks are doing some really cool stuff with uh, water quality, and I really want to uh, get in front of you. And we saw this and said, wanted to get in front of you all. And I think that last slide is, is gone now, but the, the multiple benefits, I think, is a really powerful slide. Um, so with that, uh, I told James he ain't going to get to go today. It is 622. I want to give you a chance to uh, run upstairs, and we got a 630 uh, hearing. And uh, James will come back on the 12th and, and let you know. I don't want to shortchange uh, that piece. So with that, Mayor, I think we head upstairs.